Well, hey there, Northridge. How are we doing? Good. It's good to see everyone, whether you are here in Plymouth or watching in Brighton or online. We're really glad that you have chosen to be here with us today. Uh, my name is Andrew, one of the pastors here at Northridge. And before we dive in, just a couple of things about me if, if we haven't met before. Uh, our family has been here at Northridge for just over seven years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. There we are. My wife, Brittany, our kids, Abby and Matthew and Thomas, they're in Texas visiting family right now, uh, watching online. So love you guys. Um, but we love this place and we love you guys. And we love so much that this place has become really like family for us. Uh, before we get started, there's one other thing you should probably know about me. I'm, uh, I'm gonna address the uh, elephant in the room. Uh, I did graduate from the University of Alabama. Uh, no, come on, bring it on. I already got booed in the airport this week, okay? So it's fine, it's fine, absolutely good. No, I, listen, trust me, I have firm belief that the best team is going to win tomorrow, all right? Yeah. Well, speaking of hope, we've been in a series on hope for the month of December called A Thrill of Hope, and I am just so grateful to Brad and to Pete. Personally, for me, it's been a big help in preparing my heart to celebrate the Christmas season, and we do hope and pray that you and your loved ones had an awesome and amazing Christmas, but now we kind of turn the page, don't we? We're turning the page from this year, 2023, to a brand new year. And as I was preparing for this weekend, I just kind of did a survey. I wanted to know and was curious, what are people feeling this time of year? What are they thinking about? What's going on with the people around us? I thought maybe there's excitement, gratitude, optimism. I mean, it's the new year. New year, new you, right? What I found underneath all of the excitement about going to New Year's Eve parties, popping all those bottles of sparkling cider, I'm sure, <laughs> underneath all of that stuff, all the traditions we have, what I actually found was that a lot of people are wrestling through and struggling with a feeling and a sense of emptiness. That people have a hunger for more this time of year and a lot of times don't really even know where to start, where to begin, and what to do with that. It's strange because it's a common feeling amongst so many people, but it has so many different causes. For some of you, that feeling of emptiness right now comes from a place of just feeling lonely. For some of you, maybe you lost a loved one recently, and so it kind of feels like there's a void in your life right now. So for others of you, there is some confusion about uh, different situations in your life. There's some fogginess when you look forward. And you don't know exactly where it's headed. You don't know exactly where it's going. And still for a lot of us, we can't even really put a finger on why it is we feel this way. There's a guy in the Bible that could relate to that in a really significant way, and his name is Solomon. He wrote this book in the Old Testament called Ecclesiastes, which is a fascinating book. Fascinating because it's kind of a, a memoir of sorts, where he is recording his own life's journey 
trying to fill the emptiness he felt in life. And Solomon thought first, if I can know enough, if I can just know everything there is to know, maybe that'll be enough. But he found that it wasn't. So he thought to himself, well, I have to then do something with that knowledge. I need to achieve. I need to be successful. I need to meet all of these goals for my life. And if you know your Bible, you've read about Solomon, you know he achieved a lot with his life. But still, he felt an emptiness. So then he turned his attention and his focus towards accumulating wealth becoming rich and just filling his life with as much stuff as he could gather. By all evidence that we have in history, at the time Solomon lived, he was the richest person on planet Earth. But he tells us that he still felt empty. So then Solomon turned to celebrity, turned to fame. He thought, well, if enough people know my name, if enough people are talking about me and, and talking about the things that I'm doing, then that'll be enough. But as you can probably guess, it, it wasn't. And so then, as he moved and progressed later on in life, Solomon thought to himself, well, there are a lot of different things in this life and pleasures that this world has to offer that I haven't really tried yet. And so Solomon went out and he partied hard tried everything that this world and this life had to offer, thought it would fill the emptiness or maybe at least just numb him to the feeling. But it didn't work either. And so Solomon finds himself in something that he described as a sense and a cycle of hopelessness. And what's interesting to me about Solomon and his recording of his own life is that I don't think that's just talking about Solomon's life. Because if I'm being honest, I can see myself in his story. And I bet that you can too. But the good news this weekend is it doesn't have to stay that way. In fact, Jesus says, Matthew chapter five, verse six, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Jesus says there is actually a way to be filled in this new year, to be satisfied, to have hope, and it's by hungering for righteousness. And I don't know about you, but satisfied sounds pretty good. In fact, if I were to make a deal with you today, and I just told you, hey, no matter what happens over the next calendar year, at the end of 2024, you will be satisfied. Are you taking that deal? Of course you're taking that deal. Like satisfaction is what we want out of life. It's why we choose what we choose and why we do what we do in order to be satisfied. So right here on New Year's Eve 2023, today, let's take some steps forward together towards hope and satisfaction. Jesus said it comes from a hunger for righteousness, but what does righteousness really even mean? I think that's kind of tricky because righteousness is one of those things that I like to call a church word. It's one of those words that you really only hear and use in church or when you're reading your Bible. 
But it's a big idea because it occurs almost 500 times in Scripture. So it's a big deal. And so we hear it, we talk about it, we think we know what it means, but nobody really ever stopped to define it for us. So we're not totally sure. So today, let's get really clear about what righteousness is and what it means for our lives. It's an interesting word that has kind of a dual meaning in Scripture. First, righteousness means being right with God. The idea is that we are just in right relationship with him. This idea is that you and God, you're good. Now for the Michigan fans in the room right now, we are not good. I understand that, I hear that. Maybe by Tuesday we'll be okay, although depending on how that game goes, it may take some of you a little bit longer. I'm just saying. But righteousness first carries this idea of being right with God, being in relationship with him, being good with God. The second meaning that righteousness carries with it is the idea of living right with God. This is the idea that you are aligning your life, your values, your choices, your dreams and desires with his his created purpose for you, his desires for you and for your life. So righteousness means both of these ideas, both being right and living right with God. But I know in a room this size, there's probably at least a few of you that are thinking or wondering to yourself, why should I even care about being right or living right with God? It's a valid question. According to God, there's really good reasons why you should care. First one is this. God says that righteousness is the only way to life now. That the true, full, abundant life that Jesus came to give you and created you for, the only way to that is righteousness. Righteousness is only, also only the way to life forever. The only way to eternity with God is through righteousness. And that same guy, Solomon, as he got later on in life, wrote this wisdom that he had gained in Proverbs 12. Solomon said, in the way of righteousness, there is life, true life in the here and now. And along that path is immortality, that forever with God. You see, all of the hope for our lives are wrapped up in this idea of righteousness. But how does anyone become right with God? Paul tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I want you to notice a couple of things. There's nothing that you did to deserve that. There's no amount of good to to make you to be able to deserve that salvation. But I also want you to see and be reminded today that it does require a response from you. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it, 
but you do have to respond to Jesus as Lord. I want you to see what Paul wrote about being made right with God. Just a few chapters earlier in Romans 3. It says, for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. I know that's not the good news you came to church this weekend to hear, but here it is. But God, in his grace, the favor that he has for you and for me that we don't deserve, freely makes us right in his sight. I wanna tell you today, his sight is the only sight that matters. The way that God sees you, what God has to say about you, is the only one that matters. He did this through Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin, and we are made right with God when we believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood on the cross. God did this to demonstrate his, what? His righteousness. For he is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So I have to ask you today, is your trust in Jesus or is it in yourself? I didn't just ask you if you think that Jesus was a real person. I didn't just ask you if you think that he was a good person who taught good things and did good things. That's not what I asked. I didn't even ask if you believe that he died on a cross. I'm asking you today, is your trust in who Jesus is and what he has done for you, or are you trusting in yourself to get you to where you think you need to get? Some of you right now, in this moment, it's your moment. You are deciding and choosing, no, I'm going to trust in Jesus. For some of you right now, this point is your turning point. What's crazy is that for some of you in this room right now, a new year could actually mean a new you if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. You could step into 2024 being made right with God. And I don't wanna let that moment pass by without giving you an opportunity to respond to that. So could we all bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment? And if that is you, if that's what you are choosing and deciding right here and right now, that your trust is in Jesus, who he is and what he has done and not yourself, can I just ask you to pray a prayer in your own heart to God. Use some words like mine as I pray and just talk to God. Tell him, God, I I'm so thankful for your love. I recognize that I'm a sinner, that I have messed up and failed. But God, today I am trusting you to be who I can't be. I am trusting that you can do what I can't do. I am trusting that you can forgive me and that you can save me today. And I'm thankful for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we celebrate and praise God for all the people that just prayed that to give their lives to Jesus today? We're excited for you.
And we want you to know that we would love nothing more than to connect with you. So could you just do something really simple for us? Could you send us a text message? Could you just text the word Northridge to the number 31616, tap on the link, let us know what decision you made, and we will get back to you. We would love to help you grow in your faith. Now, that's how we become right with God. What about that second part of righteousness? What, are, what about that living right with God? How going into this new year can we hunger for that righteous living with him? I think first and foremost, we've got to face a, an uncomfortable truth, something that all of us struggle with and deal with. First and foremost, we've got to quit filling up on junk. Because how can you be hungry for the right thing when you're already full of junk? Now, I was, I was out the other day, and I drove past a magical place, Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> Not just magical, because I am from Texas, and so I share a little bit of an identity with that place, but because in my humble opinion, it's hard to beat when you go to Texas Roadhouse and sit down at a table and they place on that table, seemingly for free, these hot dinner rolls and the honey butter that comes with them. I'm just telling you, it's hard to beat. And as I was passing it, I was immediately transported back to honesty time the embarrassing number of times that I have been at a table at Texas Roadhouse and had an amazing meal presented to me at the table that I couldn't touch because I was already full of dinner rolls that had taken a bath in honey butter. But that makes no sense. I mean, there is next to no nutritional value in these things. And I can tell you, I don't feel good later. So why do I do it? Because they taste so good. And I get it, I understand. In this life and in this world, there are so many different things that you can fill up on that in the moment sound really good, might even feel really good in the moment. But does it leave you feeling good? Does it leave you feeling satisfied afterwards? I really understand, I know what it feels like to sit in these seats that you're sitting in, hearing a message like this, kind of resonating and relating to it, going, yep, that's, that's what I need. I, I need to make some adjustments in following Jesus. But I also know how easy it is to then get up out of the seat and walk back into my day in, day out life and just continue to fill up on the same things that I've always filled up on, hoping they'll satisfy me even though I know it's never worked before. I'm gonna take a wild guess that when your head hits the pillow at night, it's not with a sense of fulfillment, it's not with a sense of satisfaction. I'm gonna guess that you are hungry for more. In fact, I'll go further, 
I'm going to guess that you are consumed with the idea of more. How can I get more money in my bank account so I can feel secure? How can I get more people to match with me on my dating app? How can I get my spouse to do more of the things I want or I need them to do to make this thing work? How can I become more successful in my career, in my job, to feel a sense of achievement and accomplishment? How can I go about this life and get more time to do the things I want to do? How do I go about tomorrow just getting everything done I have to get done. I heard Pastor Mark Batterson say one time, if you aren't hungry for God, it's probably because you're already full of yourself. Oof. That resonates with me. I'm guessing it probably does with you too. Maybe you're also like me. You have a little bit of a hard time eating healthy all the time. Maybe even that's one of your ideas for this new year. Did you know that the processed food manufacturers invest a ridiculous amount of money in finding what they call the bliss point? I know you're thinking to yourself, Andrew, what is the bliss point? I'm so glad you asked. The bliss point is the exact measurement of fat, sugar, and salt in any food that when we consume it and it hits our taste buds, it lights them up to such a degree that it actually triggers the reward pathways in our brain and releases dopamine, the pleasure hormone. So what is literally happening is I am learning that when I eat that, it makes me feel good. So then the next time I feel bad, I know that I can go back to that and I can eat it and it will at least in the moment make me feel good. I don't know about you, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> they hacked our brains, right? What's crazy about this entire thing is that you think the food industry is diabolical for doing that. But I want you to consider and I want you to reflect on just for a moment how crafty and how diabolical our enemy in this world is. That he is constantly testing every combination of situations and temptations in an effort to get you to a place to trip up, knowing that once you say yes the first time, it'll be that much easier to say yes the next time. I know I'm easily fooled into it, but I'm here to remind you today that the things of this world, the things of this life, they are not the things that satisfy. They are things that will only leave you wanting and needing more and more and more. They will always ask more of you than they will provide. And that's the reality we have to wrestle with going into this new year. So what can we do? How can we start to break cycles of the junk that's in our lives? Well, do you know how they say you should break a craving for junk food? 
It's actually not that complicated. It might be hard to do, but it is not complex. They say you have to eat balanced meals, maintain a good, consistent sleep schedule, and exercise a little bit. In other words, you need to fill up on the right stuff. It's not just enough to say no to the junk in your life. You also need to say yes to filling up with the right things. What are the right things? Anything that points you back to living right with Jesus. Anything that points you back to who he is and what he has done and who he has created you to be. He said it this way in John chapter six. I and the bread of Texas Road, no, that's not, that's not what it says. <laughs> I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Really, Jesus? Never be hungry again? Yeah, it's what he said. And he meant what he said. And I can tell you from my own personal life experience that when I go to Jesus, when he's the center of it in my life, when he is the one that I am hungry for, I experience satisfaction that honestly is hard for me to explain to you. It's absolutely the truth. It's absolutely the reality. But what does it look like to come to Jesus? We said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all of you who work and have heavy burdens. Sound familiar? I will give you rest. That sounds pretty good. Follow my teachings and learn from me. I am gentle and I do not have pride. And you will have rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. If you want to be filled with hope and satisfied in this new year of 2024, you need to learn from Jesus and follow his way of living. Now remember, we're not talking about being made right with God, we're talking about living right with God. You don't have to know enough of Jesus' teaching or follow it well enough to receive his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and his salvation. Jesus is not saying here, you better live right or else I will take my love away. I also understand that for some of you in the room, that is really difficult to receive because that is not what life has taught you. Your life and your relationships have taught you that if you don't perform, that if you don't please, that if you are not deserving, then love gets taken away and removed. Can I tell you today, that's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. His love is a love that doesn't end. His love is a love that does not fail. His love is a love that meets you exactly where you are. And praise God, his love is a love that doesn't leave you there. 
He invites you to come with him on a journey of becoming more like him, becoming who you were created, designed, and purposed to be, to experience a full, abundant, and satisfied life. It comes from learning from his teaching and following it. But I know for so many of you, you look at your Bible and you see it as a list of do this, don't do that. Can I actually tell you today that's not what it is? Your Bible is a guide to actually experiencing the love of God. You want to know how you will experience God's love in your life in a more real way? Learn more of his teaching and follow his way of living. It's what you were created for. Don't you want his love? Don't you want to experience it? in your life. Quit filling up on junk and start filling up on the right stuff. So if you're done with the destructive things, if you are done with the junk in your life, hunger for righteousness, you will experience God's love more and more as you do. I know that sounds like a pretty big challenge, especially if it's something you're, you're new to. So I just wanna give you some simple thoughts and ideas for how you can take steps into that in this new year. You need to create a plan and you need to invite other people to join you. I am terrible at keeping New Year's resolutions. Anybody in the room besides me? Thank you for helping me feel safe here and not alone. I'm terrible at it. Now, I'm really good at coming up with ideas of how my life would be better if I made these changes, but I do not follow through on them well. And I was on reflecting on this idea. I realized it's because I've never really been good at creating a plan for those things on how I would actually do it. And I've never really invited other people into it with me to encourage me and challenge me and love me along the way. What's interesting is that we don't quit filling up on junk by accident. We choose to fill up on the right things. And it is so much easier to choose the right things when you have a plan of how you're gonna do it. And it is so much easier to continue to choose the right things when you are surrounded by other people that are pursuing the same thing. So this year, create a plan for how you are going to be exposed to more of Jesus' teaching. Paul reminds Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is breathed out by God. All of the Bible is Jesus' teaching. And it is profitable for that teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. For me, this year, that's going to look like being here every weekend possible to hear God's word being taught. For me, this year, that's gonna look like listening to my Bible every day. For me, this year, that's going to look like saying yes to some learning opportunities that are out there in front of me to help me grow in my understanding of his teaching and can remind me of what it looks like to follow him. I'm not gonna tell you exactly what your plan needs to look like because they should all look a little bit different. 
But I can tell you today that if you don't have a plan for how you're gonna do that in this new year, you will fall back into that cycle of emptiness. You also need to invite people to join you. You should definitely spend time with God alone, absolutely. Your relationship with God is a personal one between you and him, definitely. But following Jesus is not a solo sport. God designed you to actually go on this journey of faith with other people so that you can help one another stay hungry for righteousness. So if you haven't yet, dive into one of our groups here. Take one of the classes. Come to some of the events here and get involved with other people. You just heard about a few of them a few minutes ago. Whether it's coming to marriage night on the 12th or taking part in the foundations class, which is gonna help you grow in your understanding of Jesus's teaching, or if you're a student going on winter retreat, whatever it looks like, those are just a few of the many opportunities we have here for you. And if you're here and you don't know what your next step should be, you don't know what is best for you next, we have people that are in what we call the glass room just outside the auditorium after every service, every weekend that are there for the sole purpose of helping you navigate that and figure that out. They'd love nothing more than to help you do that. If you're in Brighton, that's just outside in the lobby at the welcome desk. What's, what we want you to know is that we care about you. We want you to wake up to the hope of Jesus. We want you to experience his love and his truth, and his involvement. And in this new year, we want you to help us help other people do the same thing. I also get it. You might be sitting there thinking, that sounds really nice, Andrew, but uh, you don't know my life. You don't know my schedule. There's no way that I can afford to add anything to my life in the new year. And if that's you, I would just love to, as gently as I can, encourage you that if you want to experience hope and satisfaction in 2024, you can't not afford to do this journey of faith with other Christians. Paul makes this crystal clear in Colossians 3. He says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. And that's something that you can do between just you and God. But then he says, teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. You see, appetite is influenced by association. And for some of you going into the new year, the most important thing that you could do is take stock and reflect on the things or the people in your life that are influencing you the most. You might be here today wondering, why do I keep choosing junk for my life? It might be because appetite is influenced by association. But the good news is that doesn't just work in the negative sense. If you, in this new year, surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you to learn more of Jesus' teaching, if you surround yourself and invite other people into your life that are gonna encourage you and challenge you and love you towards living more like Jesus, your hunger for righteousness can and it will grow. 
So I want you to consider, what would it be like to be satisfied and filled with hope in this next year? What would it look like to be experiencing a hunger that leads to fulfillment, not emptiness? Now I want you to consider what a church full of people that are hungry for and being satisfied by Jesus would look like. What would that kind of church look like in its community? What kind of impact would that church have on its world? That's the kind of church that Northridge can and needs to be. And so as we start to wrap up 2023 together, a verse that many of you are familiar with, it's a great one to end and then to start with. Jesus says in Matthew 6, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Some of you are here today and all you needed to hear from me is this. If you are seeking God and his kingdom with your life, and there is something in your life that you don't have, it's because you don't need it right now. What you need is the reminder that in Jesus, you already have everything you need. Because Jesus is everything, plus nothing and minus nothing. So with that in mind, we thought it would be appropriate to put a close on this year together by singing a song of worship and praise to God. So we'd love for you to declare these words in truth, recognizing, realizing, and being excited about the fact that our hope for this next year rests in the righteousness that Jesus has already given to you and given to me.